Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. ES Audio. Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. Now, there's plenty to discuss after a very exciting and lively opening weekend at the Rugby World Cup in France. So joining me in the studio, finally, Sarah Elgin and Steve Cording. <laughs> Hello to you both. <laughs> Hello. Good Hi, morning, Steve. Lowell. Yes, uh, Sarah's been uh, dedicated. She's been on the road already for four hours. Well, I'm, this glad, I'm glad you mentioned it, Steve. Yeah. Well, no. Because I came in and Lowell was like, We've been late. Well, barking. Uh, well, I mean, it's like a broken record these days, but <laughs> what we're bringing our listeners is someone who's actually been there on the ground in France. Yes. yes. We're bringing, not like me, who's just been stuck here in London. <laughs> Studio in London. Uh, I will tell you about it now. Uh, a bit later on, Nick Perwall, the evening standards rugby correspondent, he'll be joining us live from France to update us on all the latest is going on from the England camp but before then we have got a very very special guest to introduce he's a proper rugby legend who wrote that by the way (laughs) (laughs) what you're saying you didn't write this script no I didn't write that bit that bit didn't go in I hate telling him things is going to make his head even bigger but he is of course he's played uh, both uh, cross league and union captained Great Britain and Wales respectively Uh, plus he's also a great friend of mine and yours Lawrence it's Jonathan Davis hi Jeff Morning, everyone. Morning. Good morning. Sitting in his gaff. If you'd have been on time, Sally, you could have read the script. Okay, thanks for coming, Jeff. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't got any more time to speak <laughs> to you today. Uh, great to see you in your lovely house. He's the same. I don't care. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, clearly it's not you that decorates that house because it looks very tasteful (laughs) (laughs) clearly not me clearly not you okay Uh, it's been a cracking weekend of rugby uh before we go through some of the games and their talking points um should we talk about the opening ceremony then i was there were you yeah i don't think i've ever experienced such an atmosphere at a rugby venue it was off the charts well, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because the French, they've always had a unique atmosphere in any of their games, but they've been building this World Cup, haven't they? You know, certainly from my experience of being over in France the last four years, the atmosphere has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But this that was something else. Absolutely. It's always been the same. It's always been the same, yeah. you know. Because of the, you know, the bands and everything in the crowds and, yeah. uh, you know, they've got the DJ there, the lighting's brilliant, you know, and the fireworks. They, they do create... And also they've been in... Well, they won the under twenty, so all these boys have come through the last eight years together. So they've you no, know, they've really, really prepared. And I think I'm getting it wrong, you know, these days because I was actually watching it in a motel somewhere on the way to Bordeaux, right? And then my eighty-four year old mum was in the ground watching the first game. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going wrong. Something's going wrong. It was it was amazing. And and I think for me, it was, I was, you know, I've never, obviously never played rugby. I've certainly never played rugby to that standard. Um, and I, I'm not a French rugby fan because I'm not French. But um, 
I was just feeling the nerves and feeling the emotion that those French players must have felt running out there. Yeah, what, what, what did you think about the national anthems, though? Because there's... Uh, there's been I a mean, bit of controversy, There has been a bit there? of controversy. Uh, apparently, they are going to scrap it for the next round of games, which seems a bit of a shame, really, but it, it's not... They just sounded squeaky to me. It, it did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Marseille, when it's roared out, that really gets everything going, doesn't it? And yeah. it just sort of didn't quite fit in, did it? No, it was a bit... Yeah, well, they are going to change it, I think, now, mm. aren't they? But the opening ceremony... It's Self. Yeah. What did you make of that? I, I will never look at a baguette in the same way again. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. It was very French, wasn't it? It was very French. Mm. Jeff, did you enjoy it? I think the French didn't enjoy it, but I think most other people expected that. It's very similar. You want to show everything, you know, whatever country is opening yeah. the Olympics or the World Cup, you have to show, you know, what is typically French and we have to say they did that very well. Yeah, and, I mean, listen, but, you know, there, there's a lot of people watching around the world that don't watch rugby very often at all. There's a lot of people maybe that don't go to France very often. So, you know, there is a bit of an education for us. We're, like, cringing, going, really? But, uh, you know, listen, as you said, it, it was magnificent. And the enormity of that game can't be underestimated. It was, it was massive. And the only thing that could go wrong is if the French didn't, didn't deliver and uh, in the opening half of the game you sort of thought wow this could go anyway and then suddenly the French whatever for whatever reason got their big long arms around it and um, New Zealand sort of completely blunted in the second half but look let's not write them off they, no, they, they no, did no. win well, 10, well, they well, did win 10 out of the, their last 12 tests coming into well, well, and to look that at, game and look at South Africa Friday. you know it's almost a myth so, South Africa were well beaten by New Zealand in their first pool match game, in, yeah. in Japan and, and people forget that I mean yeah. they were they were out of sight too you know, incredible kicking game from New Zealand. They went away, they they patched up their wounds and actually didn't play that well to get to the final and then played magnificently in the final. OK, well, all the home nations were in action over the weekend, all apart from uh, Scotland, celebrated a win. Um, not to take anything away from the rugby itself, but ugh, and, and there were some refereeing decisions. We'll, we'll obviously come to in a minute. But before I do, I guess the results are the most important thing. And England's victory over Argentina. Steve Borthwick's men managed to put together a winning performance despite only playing with 14 men um, for all but, what, three minutes of that game. What did you make of their performance? Well, it was, it was a magnificent win, really, in the end. Much needed. Um, you've got to give England credit. They came into the tournament with just no form. Steve Borthwick before kickoff saying, I think people have written us off. See, I said that would be good last week, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, I know, but he, he, he's, they'd written themselves off, really, with those yeah. results. But, I mean, Argentina were the team, were the favourites for, for this game. A lot of pressure on England. And actually, as it transpired, look, we are always going to get contentious refereeing decisions in this World Cup. You know, we knew that. that this is the way rugby has changed, you know. And we got it in the third minute. I thought it was a 50-50 call. I really honestly did. I'm not saying I got a load of abuse from, from social media because I'm English and, and I called it as it could have gone either way. But I genuinely, I think had that been a Welsh curry, I would have said exactly the same thing. <laughs> you love a Welsh curry, don't you? <laughs> what does a Welsh curry consist of? Oh, it's half and half, half and half. So, so, so listen, let's put that to one side. That, that It happened. It almost seemed to spark England into a reaction. Because, I mean, actually, I thought they started the game with a completely different mindset, even in the two minutes before Curry got sent off. Their line speed, everything about what they were doing said, this is a World Cup match, this is a competitive match. Um, very different. So we now realise England, England are a side that can defend. You know, they were conceding, we were conceding four tries a game before that for a long, long time. And we can defend. Um, we, we defended heroically. And in George Ford, they found, you know, uh, an absolute masterclass in how to uh, 
play when you've got very limited possession. He was a bit good, Jeff, wasn't he? I think you know, he's he's a he's a class actor ten, and I think that England, irrespective of previous results and everything, they are capable of winning that World Cup, right? If you've got a good set piece, good discipline, good defence, then they just showed with a man short how you win games. It doesn't matter how fit you are, right? You know how you play the game. If you win, it's immaterial, and that's what happened. It was a masterclass. They you know they kicked their goals. They took their three points opportunities, right? And I think that and that was a mindset to go in. No, we're not going to play. We're not going to score many tries. So when the points are there available, we've got, we got to take them. Yet the, the red card, I think, it could have gone yellow or red. In the current climate, it's going to be a red with a pressure on a TMO. The only thing about this now is, do you actually compete for a bomb, an up and under, or do you just wait and time it properly so you can lower your body? So... You're taking away from the competition in the area because you could be sent off at any moment. So I, I can understand why they put these guidelines in place and players have to be respectful of them. But ultimately, it's a contact sport and you're going to get... I remember watching South Africa Wales in the warm-up game, right? And I think Rio Dyer went down the touchline. South Africa full back, planted, he lowered his body and then the number eight of South Africa went in behind Rio Dyer, forced the impact, Clash of heads, right? In the lower position, yellow card for the South African fullback. There was never, ever a yellow card because he could not have done anything different. And I think that's what's going to happen in this World Cup. And you're going to get all in empties on social media, right? Having a pop at everyone, right? The referees are going to be strong. They've got to have a little bit of empathy, you know, look at it and make a, a subjective call on the contact yeah. sport. I just think it's, uh, it's, it's the game of rugby is tight it's getting itself a little bit tied in knots because if you're, if you're you know head on head invariably means that there's it's going to be escalated to a decision around a yellow card red card whether it was meant to be reckless or foul play or not then suddenly in the same game George Ford is hit in the head but only by someone's hip and therefore hip on head or or side of the back on head, whatever you want to call it, is not a red card. Yeah. So, and and if you're a newcomer to the game, you're completely baffled yeah. and confused. But because, it's also it's um, not the officials' fault, is it? Because the other thing to remember, I mean, we're, but this is a, now um, such a high speed game. There are impacts all over the pitch. You're never going to pick up everything, and we're kind of expecting them to be a hundred percent perfect, but aren't we? I think we? what we just want is just. Consistent, but the problem is the, ga the game. The game has never been consistent because no. the, 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 the laws, the laws create this. Well, this that this is wrong. This is right. But then there's this massive area in the middle, grey. and mm. I think the grey has just got even more greyer with yeah. regard to this. Um, we're trying to speed the game up, so we've come up with a bunker rule, which I do think is is appropriate. Yeah, same. But now we're yeah. getting other games, and we'll talk about that in a minute, where we're not even seeing some of the no, uh, but some it, of the on, incidents Tom, taking place. I mean, when we come out tomorrow, Tom Curry will have found out his fate because his hearing yeah. is tonight yeah. as we're recording. But I think it would be wrong now. To to overturn that red card because yeah. then you're saying the bunker system is yeah, wrong. Yeah, because I, I don't think I don't think they will over, overturn it. They, they'll want to make an get? example, won't they? Because it's well, the, 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 the entry point is six weeks and, and and down. But I mean, obviously, for a tournament, they have to change the entry points, don't they? Because <laughs> otherwise, he's never he's not playing he's not playing again. Well, I mean, it's the same again, isn't it? If he goes to do they he, change it? Do they can, change he it? He can go to tackle school again and he can do yeah. the same thing yeah. that yeah. Billy's yeah. done yeah. and he can be back. He can be back if within six games. He won't be playing the next one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought you said England can win, Jeff. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, listen. You know, it is a consistency issue, right? And it yeah. is about the health and safety. No player, when tackling and going for a high ball, wants to have head-on-head -head contact. You don't go in, look, competing for a ball, if you haven't got it, hoping you're going to hit your head against someone else's head. That's totally ridiculous. So 
you know, I, I understand it's all about player safety, but there has to be a little bit of common sense and, and referees have got to have a little bit of empathy. And you're going to get all these newbies now saying it's about, oh, you know, you are you boys are RK, you played in the old school. Sometimes you can't get your head out of the way because of the split second impact. You've got to lower your body, that's it. Maybe, maybe there should be a, if it was intentional and reckless or if, if there was an intent to, to put your head there, then great. If it's accidental, just let's just play on because, uh, you know, that looked purely accidental to me. Um, and I'll be interested to see. And this is what the, this is what the, the QC, who's the England QC, is obviously match fit because he's obviously had a bit of practice recently. <laughs> I was going to say, he's, he's been a bit busy he's, of late. Uh, but I, would, I reckon he would argue that, that Elliot Daly might have been in the trajectory of the tackle. Yeah. Um, therefore, Tom Curry's unsighted. He might argue that uh, the player was coming from, uh, Malia was so high in the air that he didn't, that the, the defending player didn't know where to put his head. But listen, that side... England went on to produce one one of the um, you know one of the big uh, World Cup performances with fourteen men. First time they've had a man sent off. Argentina were a shambles after that decision. I've never seen them play yeah. that badly. They certainly won't play that badly again. Take nothing away from England. Exactly what they needed. I said one result can turn can change momentum, and it has because now all of a sudden this is a team that could comfortably work on their game. You know, rotate their squad. They're the right side of the draw, and they're the right side of the draws. Everyone keeps banging on about, and uh, <laughs> it's not their fault. They're the right side of the draw. It's not their fault. That the other teams weren't playing that well, and then suddenly are now. Yeah. Um, the interesting about the ten position uh, now, Lolly. If Ford has a run at it and plays well, which I think you know you will know in the remaining games because he's the best attack in ten England have got. It'd be interesting what formation they will have then outside of uh, outside yeah, the ten. And, Mar- and marching and Tuilangi, which was the first time I think that combination has gone together. Um, I mean, what we don't know is what England looked like in attack. Um, and they never really got that opportunity. But as you say, um, you know, Ford will get better. Dylan Hartley, I see, saying that the more Ford plays at 10, the better he will get. Um, yeah, you know, it, I, th- I think that's right. And, and Steve Borthwick's got some decisions to make around the return of um, of Owen Farrell. Yeah, pressure's off. Did you, did, Jeff, did you think, just on the drop goals, I mean, you love to drop goal in your time. I mean, is, is it an underused art? I think so. I was saying for Wales, you know... Um, in a tight game against Fiji, I don't think current players recognise of just keeping the, the scoreboard ticking over. And Wales had an opportunity, just scored, just take a drop goal, get it beyond or just on the 14 points. Psychologically, makes it harder for opposition then to come back in the last 10 minutes. And players don't take it. And I, and I think England's subconsciously changed their attitude when they were 14 men down because they knew they can't create the overlap. So when the scoring opportunities came, they had to take them. And I think in tight games, Everyone goes, yeah, we've got a penalty. Well, if you get in a position to drop the goal, what's the difference? Yeah. Um, okay, so I know we're going to stay on kind of the whole refereeing decision subject now. Um, Gregor Townsend, he wasn't very happy with, it was a Creel's tackle, wasn't it, on Dempsey? On Dempsey, yeah. Um, what's the take on that, guys? That's, that's a red card. That, that's, yeah. you know, if, if you've got to go by, you know, what we've seen in the past, that's a red card. And, how the TMO mixed, missed it is unbelievable. He has one. He has one job, one job up your spot, right? Mm. If the bus driver taking the, you know, taking the team to the ground doesn't do his job, you're going to have a game. If you don't take the dog out in the morning for a walk, <laughs> then you're going to be in trouble with your wife. It's the same principle, yeah. right? Crap everywhere. Did the uh, did the commentary team uh, draw attention to it? Because I'm telling you now that the, I mean, as I agree with 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 Jif, you know. That is a red card all day long. And I mean, actually, it's not even negotiable. There was no mitigation whatsoever. He's arrived upright. That is a classic. 
you know, when we see the wording of 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 why a player should be sent off, there's no there's no drop at all. It's early in the game, admittedly, which is when players maybe are, are really pumped up, and it, ha- it had a massive massive bearing on the game. Even the South Africans, yeah. who um you know who love a little bit of Twitter about a refereeing decision, don't, don't they? Mm. Just mm. <laughs> um, I mean, even they could not defend that, but suddenly it probably went very quiet, didn't it, about Creel's uh, incident? Yeah. Um, well, you found that a season, didn't we, in the Premiership? That if if it wasn't if you, if you guys in the commentary box weren't drawing the attention to the fact that something had just happened, it did seem to get missed a lot. You do wonder whether the TMO had just popped out for a cup of tea or something. Well, wasn't well, well Jiffy, Jiffy, tell you this: they're not, they're not supposed to listen to us, but they do because if, if, yeah. I, if, I, if I'm a TMO and I've got one, well, I've got only one pair of eyes in the in the room if i've got four or five other pairs looking for me do you me, think they listen to you guys do you well they, I t- I'd, they'd be stupid not to because uh... <laughs> well, they're in, well when they're in the trucks yeah they're in the trucks and they can listen to the commentary so i think unless they've changed that in uh well they move the you <laughs> well, they, well yeah i mean listen they don't listen to the commentary they don't want to listen to the rubbish we're banging on about <laughs> but but, it, but they i mean listen it was an incident it happened early in the game and you have to say that it's it's it, 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 it probably had a big influence on the outcome of that game I think TMOs should be anonymous. They shouldn't be told who's who's a TMO. What do you mean? Like you should name who the TMO is. No. Why? Because I think it's uh, he, he is worried about this, and, and whatever they say, they, I think they are influenced by the post-match kind of comments on do social media. Not yeah, this, I, like it's their job. Well, like, some of them are, you know, like some of them are death threats in the past. Yeah, yeah which is awful. Yeah, yeah. So if, you, if you don't know who they are. Well, we see we see them now on the screen, don't we? That's, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we've got a point there. Okay, what so do see, what do you want to see him for? What do, what do you want to see the TMO for? What is the point of that? Unless it's Brad Pitt or Andrina Jolie, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, what, I paid to see both of those exactly. in, in, in the TMO booth. They might do fair. a better job. Sorry, vote to referee after that. <laughs> now, listen, just on the, on the uh, on the rugby side. I mean, South Africa probably were the team that went into this World Cup with the with the best kind of warm up and, and build up. Do you think that uh, you know anything we saw from them? I mean, they sort of won without doing very much at all. It's just almost a bit of an no. old, old school South African performance where they just, you know, out muscled, you know, Faf de Klerk doing what he does and and not really having to do very much at all. I watched them against Wales, and the Wales had like kind of a second string out, but they were totally dominant. What they've done is right. They've they've got a couple of special players in their backs. It'll be interesting to see who they pick because that Moody is special. But they are absolutely ferocious defensively, and it's very difficult to make indentations into their defensive line. So, what happens then is everyone tends to kick because they're not making any yardage um, on the on the post contact. So, it'd be interesting to see how they scramble defence because they have not to do it, but they do, they've done that well. But they're just so powerful, and they bring the you know the the bench on. Scotland tried to be a little bit creative. They had a couple of opportunities which they missed, but it was always going to be a tough, tough rule for Scotland with Ireland as well. So um, you got to kick well to beat South Africa, haven't you? And Scotland yeah. didn't kick well enough, I didn't think. I mean, it see, was. See, just... I think I think South Africa are a better side than the one that won the World Cup four years ago. I'm yeah, sure. I mean, mm. uh, where, whereas I don't think if you look at other teams, I don't think they're necessarily. I mean, Ireland completely different. They are without doubt, you know, a very good side and better than they were, but. I think there's not many that are. I think a lot of the other countries have actually gone backwards. New Zealand are not a better side. I don't think England are a better side. Um, you know, Wales. This, this is yeah. I think that with Scotland, they've definitely improved, right? But with with Finn, everyone says, "Oh, he's mercurial and, and all right," but he doesn't make the right decisions in the bigger games for me. He doesn't do enough decisions, as as you said, Steve. 
when South Africa are coming up, you have to you have to you have to you know do the grubber. You have to turn them. You have to put to put their forwards, you know, in their own twenty-two. You know, to put them under a little bit of pressure. They were chucking missed passes, and on a blitz defense, you don't want you don't want a long, long pass when someone's coming in from your outside to smash your ribs, right? So I think sometimes you've got to you've got to reassess what the, where you are in the game and not try the miracle ball all the time. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. It was interesting, Rassi saying Rassi things after that game. Apparently he said, if we manage to win, meaning South Africa, against Ireland, um, then it will be a really interesting last round because I think Scotland have the ability to give Ireland a go. Ireland will come with a strong team against us, but they're also playing Tonga and it's going to be nice. That's such a rassy comment, isn't it? Should we, what, should we give that the traffic light system? Well, and that's a green or a red know, or an amber? It, yeah, it, it, yeah it's, it's an interesting group, that's for sure, isn't it? Yeah. That's, we all knew that. That's, that was always going to be the most physical group you know so it's not, not nothing new there whatsoever yeah and we, and we always knew that you know on form Ireland and South Africa go through and 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 Scotland are the team that have got to have got two chances you know and uh notwithstanding all the other teams that they've blown one because um you know they weren't good enough against South Africa and they're gonna have to beat Ireland to, to qualify yeah, yeah I don't think anybody was surprised with the final score of of, of um Ireland Romania although I'm not sure maybe many would have expected Romania to get the first try I was <laughs> I was outside with the kids getting a drink and I could hear kind of everyone go away and I was like oh my gosh we've scored early Ireland did has you, scored did early you, did you miss the start of the movie I did miss the start of the movie yeah uh, but no, no I didn't actually I got into the stadium then I went to get the children a drink you are correct you, she's late for, she's late for everything <laughs> Late, no, late for the, kickoff. The queues were really long. Um, so we were there for ages. And anyway, we heard everybody cheer. And we were like, oh, have Ireland scored already? And it wasn't. It was um, Romania. But but listen, I, I, like Ireland were pretty impressive, weren't they, to score that many points in that heat? Yeah, uh, Ireland, yeah. Ireland are right. impressive. I mean, they're, you know, they're, their attacking shape and structure is probably one of the best in the world, if not the best. Uh, it was all about getting... Johnny Sexton back into the groove, having had a lot of time out. Andy Farrell wasn't worried about it. He's been there for every every bit of their training. They looked in the groove. Johnny Sexton, what did he get? 24 points in the end. Two tries, overtook Ronan O'Gara, which you'll be pleased about. World Cup 
point scorer for Ireland. Um, yeah, very, very formidable side. And how good was Bundy? How good was Bundy Aki? He was pretty good, wasn't he? He's going to be good against the tier two sides because that's that's you know that's his that's his game. You know, so but will that work against South Africa? Charge up the middle? I don't know, right? But uh, they'll have to be, add their very. The one thing I like about Ireland is they play a lot of you know effective mistake-free rugby, right? And I've watched a lot of it now because I you know I know I've known Faz for a long, long time. Got a good coaching group around him. I have to say that, but Sarah's husband there. <laughs> Everything is so clinical, and that's why they're so effective. And I, I just, I mean, look, Sexton is is the player that always gets the headlines because of who he is and and what he's achieved in the game. But they're going to go far in this tournament, I think. But the key to them is not just Sexton. I think is Gibson Park as well. I think he's he's so important to the way that they play. It's crazy to think that two or three years ago he was actually the one on the outside of the squad. But the speed of their game, and, and particularly against the better sides as they progress in this tournament, those two. I know it says, you know, it's like stating the, the bleeding obvious, but those two particularly are going to be so, so important. But I've now changed my opinion. If they can keep those two fit, I gen, you know, I mean, they've, they're massive quarterfinal. It's going to be against New Zealand or, 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 or France. But if they can keep those two fit, they have enough to win the World Cup without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. You know, um, what's the order of... Do Ireland play South Africa first before they play Scotland? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Scotland. Yeah, so yeah, they play South Africa and then so, they play Scotland at the end of the pool stage. Yeah, so, so you know, if Ireland win that game, that'll be, that'll be a real... Marker that game will be a real marker in this tournament. That's South Africa Island game will be a real marker. Yeah. Shall we talk about Cymru then? Yeah, about Wales? don't forget they're in the easier half of the draw as well. Wales, yeah, right, you can't right. forget so that. I was going to say that, don't yeah. worry, I was. Uh, yeah, they're in the same half. Can as you England, say in Welsh though, Sarah? Because uh, I have to confess that I watched some S4C over the weekend. Did you? Did you? I did. And I convert you? I, I was with the finger slip on, uh, the, on the remote. Or I, what? I, I loved it. I didn't have a clue what was going on or what was being said. I was just about, forgive me, if being an ignorant. An Englishman, but I didn't know that everybody in Wales was fluent in Welsh. As you not. Guys well, are. Not, not, not everybody is. There's the odd English word that sneaks in, like Especially pizza. Like, that's, like, that's my Wenglish. Don't worry. Wenglish. <laughs> 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 in Toulon. In Welsh. <laughs> but if anybody wants an alternative view on the World Cup, I definitely recommend this for uh, we, we, we had fun, <laughs> Jeff, didn't we? We had fun. But you have to wear sliders, do you, if you're a, if wow. you're a pundit? Clearly, if you're an ex-international rugby player and yeah. you want to be on you have to wear flip-flops to, to, to present. <laughs> yeah, that's the given. And Mike Phillips and Rhys Priestland rocking up in uh, in flip-flops. And do, you very... have, do you all have a go at each other like Dan Bigger does to all his teammates? Oh, uh, I, I love I Dan Bigger. I mean, he never... was raging, well, wasn't listen, he? I'm, I mean, we, we all know moody fly-halves. You work with one. I mean, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on a weekly basis. <laughs> I mean, so, but look, I, I, I've just, um, I just think it's brilliant. You know, if I was a number eight and, and I have been and you're, you're not playing well, your pack's getting smashed to pieces, you know, you want to hear that from your fly half. You think it's brilliant. Jif didn't think it was not great, all the time. Not all you? the time. Not all the Listen, time. I, I'm all, I like Dan Bigger, and he's a winner. Right? He's a great professional, right? But ultimately, if if he's shouting at me like that, right, going off half time, I am in his face. And I think that he's got so much respect, you know. And a lot of that there's a little bit more, you know, a little bit quieter. I think there's a better way to do it because he missed a tackle for this first try, then he missed an easy kick for the penalty, which would put Wales in a better position. So. You know, you have, you have to take responsibility of your own actions as well. And no, I didn't see anyone screaming at him. So there has to be a respect there. I think there's ways of doing it, you know, get them doing, get them off the field and all that. But also, right, if you're looking at it with Wales, Wales have, if Wales are going to you know, go far in this World Cup, they have to adapt. They are 230 tackles against 70. You give the best sides that amount of possession, you're not going to win any games, right? 
So when when the ball came loose and Liam Williams, just before half-time, saw the opportunity, you got one guy in that part for Wales who can run the length of the field and he was on the right-hand side, Rhys Samid. You give the ball to him, right? he could score. If he doesn't score, he could kick. So I think Wales had a couple of opportunities to express themselves and to play and they didn't do it. So if Dan's got that attitude from day, uh, from the day one, right, he's going to curb everyone else's attitude to, score, to, to give it a go when they need to. So it's, it's, it's like a fine balance for me. When opportunities are on there, they have to play. And England will be the same. England will have to adapt their game from the Borthwick mindset if they're going to beat the better side of the ring. Because they're not going to outmuscle Scott, um, Ireland. They're not going to outmuscle France. And they're not going to outmuscle uh, South Africa. Here's a question for you two. I'm not going to ask, uh, ask Jeff this, but were we lucky with some of the refereeing decisions? Yes. <laughs> I wasn't asking you. Down. <laughs> I, well, I, t- I saw Dylan Hartley said that he put it down to the fact that the Fijians are too they're, they're too nice and they're too polite and they weren't in the referee's yeah. ear as much as they should have been because that's, that's just their nature, which yeah. I, I guess you could say could be the case. And Wales were lucky, I think, towards the end of the game when, uh, you know, Fiji camped on the half and he, were, he keeps warning them and saying the next one, the next one. Fiji go down the other end, the first one, and it's a yellow card. So yeah. you're kind of like, well... That's a little bit unfair on them, but I, would, I don't want to take anything away from Wales. I thought Wales, to win against a team ranked higher who'd just beaten England, yep. all the problems that Wales have had, I mean, mm. Warren Gatland is clearly getting them fitter. Yeah, like they looked does. a lot sharper. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the fact that, you know, you can put a tackle in and pull someone's pants down at the same time. I just thought that was superb, <laughs> which you've got to love. But, um, yeah, no, fair play to Wales. And I, I wouldn't want the refereeing decisions to detract from that win. Um, I thought Jack Morgan was a real calm and influence as well um, yeah. in that game. Did, yeah. What did you think? He was... Yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't able to calm Dan Bigger down, was he? But, I mean, <laughs> but that's, that's purely because he's, he's not got that experience yet to be able to speak to his fly half and just say, look, sort your own game out and get yourself back in your box. But look, there's a lot of experience walked out that, that Welsh dressing room, um, you know, before the World Cup. You know, if, if you're an outsider like I am, I think they probably try to hold on to some of those players a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. And so so the rebuilding job for Warren Gatland has is, is always been um, going to be a difficult one because it's it's almost too close to the tournament. And I think his job now is to get the best out of this group that he's got in this tournament. And I think, you know, that I, I was really impressed with the way that they reacted because that, Easily a game they could have lost, mm. you know, and, may, and maybe even a few weeks ago they would have lost. Um, mm. You look at what happened against England at Twickenham, you know, when England suddenly started to come back at them. So I think credit to Wales for what they've achieved. Um, you know, like England now, they can they can move forward positively in this tournament and, and really think about think about what might happen. Yeah. I think I think Gatlin's in a win win position, yeah. uh, Warren. You know, he's on a good contract. Uh, we've got you know young players coming in. He can if they win, they've done he's done well. He wins if they don't do that well. You know, he still win because they they've beaten Fiji. You know, they got a chance to go through. I think they fancy them against Australia, but it was a great game to be at, right? You know, most of the supporters were shouting for Fiji. I think the ferocity that those Fijians were running at were unbelievable, right? You know, the, the impact of some of the tackles. Then you had, but Wales were very, very clinical. They had their opportunities and they scored. They, they haven't done that for a long, long time, okay? Um, and they, they, the kicking game was, was, was okay. But yeah, lucky, I think that the referee has to be stronger then. You know, if, if you can't, if the Fijians don't tell the referee to do his job, why should they? He should be doing his job properly. And Wales, Wales were lucky. They should have had maybe 13 men at one stage, maybe 12 men on the field, right? They should have, but that's not the Fijians' job, really. It's the referee's job and the, and the, and the other officials. So, Wales were lucky 
in that aspect. But on the other side, when that Fijian got yellow carded, I think that was a one straight away yellow card because he dropped the rolling ball, which we just could have scored. So I think that was the right decision. But on the back of everything else that went, had gone forward, it highlighted it even more. It magnified it. But Wales were lucky. They should have had two other players in the bin. And then who knows what would have happened. They were lucky to win because they create, They lost a bit of game management, which allowed Fiji back in the game, gave Fiji momentum. And in the end, one drop pass by one of their best players mm. and Wales win. It's, and, it's that and, close. Yeah, and do you know what is interesting? We were saying how interesting that um, and uh, South Africa, Scotland, Ireland group could be. I mean, the two bonus points that Fiji got could make mm. this, this yeah. group yeah. very yeah, yeah, interesting yeah, Scotland, as well. Scotland South Africa didn't get any well, bonus well, points. Well, and I just so, feel yeah. like, you know, like Australia here, like Fiji could beat Australia. Yep. The Wales could lose. Obviously, we hope that that's not going to happen, but it could it could be an interesting Sunday. group as well. Yeah, Sunday we are Fiji Australia. Fiji have to win now. Yeah, yeah. Massive for them. So, uh, well, that's 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 the biggest game of this weekend, isn't it? I mean, looking yeah. at the fixtures now, we start on Thursday. France, New Zealand should win easily, shouldn't they? Thursday, Friday, yeah. Ireland yeah. to get more of a test against Tonga. Wales, yeah. Portugal, chance for resummit to fill his boots and mm-hmm. yeah. start getting some more tries. I would think. Yeah. If Portugal win not, I'd check how many players have bought houses in the <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I asked her, we were talking post-match, I asked Mike Phillips about, about the next game, and Mike Phillips said, the only way Portugal is going to win that is if they bring in Ronaldo. That was his <laughs> Ronaldo. Which one? Yeah, exactly. Which one? Uh, um, and then anyway. we, Samoa we'll see for the first time on Saturday as well. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing them. They, they uh, could be a threat, I think, to England with their physicality eventually and then I guess you're looking at Sunday and you would Australia Fiji is a standout game isn't it South Africa Romania you might not want to look away when you're looking at that one and England Japan hopefully England Um, to get another win so Jeff before we let you go what are your predictions for the latter stages of the tournament like how far do you think Wales will progress Uh, who's your money on lifting it at the end of the day I think after France performance I think and they got might have a couple of players coming back uh, which will add to their kind of I think that France is home advantage just after it. You know, but the semi-finals, they've got to play Ireland in the semi. So, um, and I do think that um, England Wales hopefully will get to the semi-finals. Ultimately, it's um, it's got you know the winners will come from the other side of the draw, and uh, it's on the day and discipline. South Africa, Ireland, and France are capable of winning it. But I, but I think. For me at the moment, with a power and home advantage, I think it's just France. Just France. Just France. Just France. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to see you a bit later. And I, we're yeah. in studio all a bit later day, together. All day. All day. Congratulations on all that cycling you've done as well. Yeah, because um, I've never seen you so tanned in all my life. Look at you. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. It was hard work. It was hard work trying to keep it going. But hey, as you know, it's a... Uh, it's a great cause. We all do our different charities and um, it's, it's a pleasure to do it, helping out in a little way. Yeah, listen, the amount of money you've raised for Valindra, Jeff, it's um, absolutely incredible. So, um... so hopefully, hopefully now we'll, uh, we'll just tip the £45 million pound mark. Wow, this week. wow. Amazing. Well done. You're a good man, Fantastic. Jeff. You're a good man. Right, I will see you later. Um, I'll, have a skinny ca- I'll have a skinny caramel macchiato, please, on your way It'll from ready, Starbucks. Thank you. OK. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. See you, see you later. Jeff. Thank Cheers, you. Jeff. Bye. Bye. Uh, what a man. Always a pleasure to listen to him and talk to him. He's one of the greats. You were right. He is one of the greats of both codes and always um, very strong in what he has to say and, yeah. and normally spot on. Well, from South Wales to Northern France, it's time now to link up with the Evening Standard rugby correspondent, Nick Perriwell. 
Hi, Nick. How's life across the channel? Very jealous of you being over there. Hi, Steve. I'm back beside the seaside now on France's Opal Coast in the lovely Etable 2K. So uh, everything, everything's going well here. We travelled back from Marseille yesterday. So, yeah, it's going well. Thank you. Perfect. So uh, you're back uh, at the, the ground with the England training camp. Uh, what's the latest coming from there? And uh, looking ahead to the weekend, I mean, what, what's the atmosphere been like on the ground? I mean, you're, you're getting to experience it firsthand. It looked, um, it looked electric. I've heard quite a few people say that England wouldn't have got that kind of backing that they got uh, in Marseille if they were playing at, at Twickenham because it just feels like it's a more eclectic mix of fans who've gone to watch these games. Perhaps, but it's also a World Cup, isn't it, which changes everything. So I think that's, and, and, and that's, a, that's a case for the players as well. You know, they're actually very, very dialed in, very focused, and, and they delivered what they were looking for, what they've been looking for for a while on, on Saturday. So it's still limited, of course. It's still got um, issues to resolve, but they got the win, and that was the all-important thing. And speaking with the likes of Ellis Genji, he was just sort of explaining how he he's a Bristol Rovers fan, so he fully understands the supporter experience of if when your team loses, you feel like the world's caved in and you have to rip it up and start again and, you know, change everything. But he said that actually the players and the coaches have felt all along that they, they knew something like this was coming and they delivered it at the right time. He sort of urged a note of caution, though, by saying that they don't feel like they've cracked it, but it's a good start and something to build on. Yeah, it's a fantastic start, isn't it? I think um, England probably surprised result of the weekend, really. Um, but you talk there about uh, some of the, the, the chaos that the fans um, had to experience when they were going into the ground. I understand there is more potential travel chaos uh, awaiting you this weekend, is that right? Yeah, well, as it stands, uh, an air traffic control strike is scheduled for Friday, which is the main travel day for well, so all the teams on for Sunday matches moving around. So whether people will actually still and teams will still travel on Friday, it remains to be seen. The advice is to change your travel day. So most people are looking at travelling on Thursday rather than Friday or to find alternative routes of travel. But the problem with trains is that uh, they're, they're already sort of oversubscribed. So if any England supporters haven't yet looked at potentially changing their travel, I'd urge them to do so. And the safest thing might just be to, to rearrange sooner rather than later because they have to give 48 hours notice of the strike. But this gives a problem to World Rugby at the tournament organisers and in England as well, because ultimately, until the strike is confirmed, they're in a bit of a holding pattern and not entirely sure whether to stick or twist. Well, Nick, it's been great to talk to you, and we look forward to catching up with you next week and uh, talking about another uh, England win. Enjoy the rest of your time there. Thanks, Steve. Well, that's all for this episode. My thanks to Sarah Elgin, Steve Cording, Nick Puruwell, and of course to our special guest this week, Jonathan Jiffy Davies. And a big shout out to VoxPod Studios for hosting us. We'll be back next week. If you haven't already done so, then make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you'll automatically get every episode during the Rugby World Cup. Enjoy the upcoming games. Thanks for listening and see you next time. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 